You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It's great to be with you, and I am tremendously excited about today's episode. A good friend of mine is on the podcast with us today. Clint Hudson with 12th Man Ministries is with us today. Clint, it's so good to have you here. It's great to be here, Todd. Yeah, man. Well, why don't you do a quick introduction? Some people know you. You're a familiar name, but why don't you just give us a little update on who you are and your family and what you're a part of? Yeah, sure. So my name's Clint Hudson. Uh, My wife is Amber Hudson. We have four kids, and I was on staff at Forest Hill for about the last seven years as a worship pastor at the Fort Mill campus and I uh, love the opportunity to be able to serve that community. Um, about 12 months ago, I started my own nonprofit called 12th Man Ministries, and we serve student athletes around the Charlotte metro area. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, Clint and I have known each other for a number of years, and we've worked together in a, a couple different capacities, and it's been a blast, so I've been waiting for this episode to happen. Well, let's talk about 12th Man a little bit. So tell us about 12th Man Ministries and the meaning behind the name. It's got yep. a great story. Absolutely. So 12th Man Ministries exists to help student-athletes who are trapped in performance-based identities understand that who they are is more than what they do. Um, and so the name 12th Man Ministries was inspired by um, just a passage in Acts 1 where Jesus um, is about to send out the disciples to change the world with this gospel message of hope, but the disciples in and of themselves are, are rather insignificant. They're not captains of industry or businessmen or even politicians. Um, if anything, they're kind of B-team. Yeah. Uh, but they're going out to change the world with this gospel message of hope, and what is going to make these now 11 men effective in their community, effective in their communication of the gospel is the presence of the fully God, fully man, 12th man in that moment, and that's Jesus. And so when you imprint that same philosophy onto a football field, there are 11 players on a field for each team at all times, and what is it going to make those men become men of character and substance and influence is the presence of that 12th man, Jesus. And so that's where the the name 12th man ministries came from. Uh, The vision and the passion behind it is something that's even a little bit different that we can unpack a little bit later. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I love what you said about how Jesus used the B team. Right, didn't he? And how many of us as parents kind of feel like the B team? Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I'm like, oh my goodness, that message is not just relevant for student athletes, right? Teenage football players, basketball players, baseball players, athletes in that way, it it covers the whole realm, and especially in parenting, which we'll get into in a little bit, but I love that idea that Jesus uses the B team and gives them something incredible that influences their life. So, well, tell us about the journey and how you started it, because you, like I said, you and I were working together, and it was a blast working together, but God was doing something in, in you over the course of a couple years, and then you took the step, man, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so um, I... I loved my role at Forest Hill. I was I was good at it. I loved the community that I got to serve and the staff that I got to work with. Um, but I did something that David Chadwick has challenged us to do uh, in the past, and he's also warned us that the most dangerous prayer that you can ever pray is break my heart for what breaks yours. Yeah. Uh, because if you do that in earnest, God will change the course and the direction of your life. And so for me, uh, I prayed that prayer, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Reveal to me what's broken in your economy that you want me yeah. uh, to utilize my influence and, and my uh, abilities for. And God broke my heart for these athletes that get trapped in those performance-based identities. And so um, 12 months ago, I stepped out of my role as a worship pastor at Fort Mill. I started a nonprofit organization. God um, thought it would be funny, I think, to put a skinny jeans wearing worship leader in uh, locker rooms with professional and student athletes where I have yep. no business being. 
Um, but what's so great is I, I, I don't necessarily fit the mold, and um, I get the opportunity to go in, especially into the professional environments, too, um, for the purpose of washing feet rather than asking for shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so God has, has honored that in some amazing ways. And so um, what I like to call that moment for me was my divine disturbance. This was that moment in time where God uh, just really broke my heart for something that he wanted me to go and, and pursue. Yeah, man. So when you kind of talk about this uh, healthy identity, and especially when it comes to teenagers and adolescents, what I would love to, is to at least turn the the vision, the focus of 12th man, and help cast kind of a, a perspective or a vision for families because they're doing the same thing that you are, maybe not on a football field, but at the dinner table in their their living room with their children where they're shaping and influencing healthy identity and that their children are more than what they do. It's mm. who they are. So why is healthy identity such a crucial aspect to the work behind 12th Man? Well, I'll, I'll talk specifically for, for a moment about athletes, yep, and then I'll yep. talk, too, about yeah, we'll uh, turn in a minute. Yeah, what, what that means for, for families and teenagers as generals. But athletes specifically tend to get trapped in these performance-based identities because everything in their world uh, revolves around the metric of their performance. It's statistic-driven. For professional athletes, this is how they pay the bills. For student athletes, it's how they get playing time or get an opportunity to play at the next level. Uh, but what 12th Man believes and one of our core beliefs is that if you live by accolades, you'll die by criticism. Mm. And it's the same thing for a professional uh, athlete as it would be for a parent. You know, if you live by accolades, accolade, you're going to die by criticism. Yeah. And so every career, um, whether it be in sports or, or specifically in sports, every career comes to an end before somebody wants it to, uh, whether it be through injury or forced retirement or lack of opportunity. Um, and so us having an understanding of what our identity is outside of our performance platform, um, our career is so important. And so really from a biblical perspective, um, what this means for us is that when God looks at us, he doesn't see our trophy case and mm. he doesn't see our rap sheet. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is God um, is proud of us and he cares about us and he's attentive. But what the word says in, in Galatians 3 is that when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Mm. That there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. Right. When our God, Father, looks at us. He sees the work of Jesus Christ, and that's what informs our identity. And it's really freeing to recognize that uh, it's not our trophy case that God is after, or our rap sheet hasn't eliminated us from God's favor, but our identity is actually informed by and formed within the person of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And especially the cross, right, where people will say the, the ground at the foot of the cross is level, mm -hmm. right, that everyone is equal at the foot of the cross, and there is no one greater. We all stand at the foot of the cross sinful, mm -hmm. and we are all offered grace equally. I'm curious, this thought, thought popped in my head, and it wasn't part of the outline that we had discussed beforehand, but you stood on stage for seven years, and so you're in the limelight, kind of thing, uh, leading worship, but you were also in a band for a couple years as well, and so you know this center stage sort of persona, and so what, for you, what, talk about kind of your personal grappling with that, and how you've applied it to 12th Man, and even your own identity, what's, what's that look like? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's funny, there's not a lot of difference between 
the professional athlete and the professional like musician or, mm-hmm. or worship pastor. And so for me, I resonated really deeply with this uh, idea of, of identity and grappling with, with what is my true identity. Um, I'll tell you this, you know, it's interesting on a Sunday, uh, we all will come to Forest Hill Church, we'll come and worship. Uh, sometimes we'll talk about, you know, did we like that song? Did we not like that song? Or, or how was the message? Or how did it impact me? Yeah. I would go home on Sundays, and as soon as I would walk off stage after the third service on Sunday morning, the enemy would immediately tell me that I didn't do a good mm. enough job, yep. or that there was something that I said wrong, or a note that was out of tune. And so uh, the enemy wanted to keep me bound by that performance-based mentality. Mm-hmm. And so even as a worship pastor, this is something that I wrestled with for years. And what I came to find is that regardless of my performance— God was proud of me, yeah. and that was a really profound idea that I got to to understand is that my my heavenly Father who gave me these gifts on loan, because mm-hmm. all of the gifts that we have, the time, the talent, are on loan from heaven, He was proud of me, yeah. and that really caused me to start to ask myself that question after I would get off stage, um, am I proud of myself? And so the answer became, uh, undoubtedly, regardless of if I did a good job or not, um, yes, because my Heavenly Father is proud of me. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it paralleled so much yeah. for yeah. me. And it's something still, even as a dad, I mean, that's my stage now, yep. even more so than 12th yep. Man. I'll go and have a situation with one of my kids, and, um, and I'll measure myself, and the enemy will try to lie to me and say, hey, you did a terrible job with that. You're a really mm-hmm. bad dad today. Um, but I have to say, you know, my Heavenly Father is is, uh, is proud of me, and He's equipped me for this role that He's called me to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think of our listeners, and whether it's just people in general or parents or teenagers, how many of us have laid in bed just thinking, did I earn it? Mm. Did I do a good enough job? Or they're staring out their car window at a traffic light and just reflecting over and over and over again about beating themselves up based on their performance, however they categorize that performance. So let's drill in a little bit farther, and let's just talk about people in general, and specifically when it comes to teenagers, those that you work with on a regular basis. Why do we confuse our worth and meaning with what we do? You know, every everyone wants to be three things. Uh, okay. They want to be noticed, they want to be known, and they want to be loved. Hmm. Um, and oftentimes the, the quickest the quickest route to one of those is just to be noticed. Mm. Hey, um, hey, look at me. Um, yep. I'm, I'm yep. doing this thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a kind of a standardization of our measurement in society. When we meet someone for the first time, one of the first questions we'll say is, hey, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? What is your job? Because we're trying to measure them not only up against ourselves, but have a better idea of who they are. Yeah. But that question, what do you do, doesn't fully answer the who you are. You know, um, it, it fails in nailing down the other two, which I mentioned, you know, being noticed, yeah. being known, and being loved. Who you are is where we find uh, the opportunity to not just notice somebody, but to know them mm-hmm. and to truly love them. Uh, but when it comes to teenagers, um, actually, uh, one, of, one of my friends that's on staff here at, at Forest Hill, Lindsay Knuckles, mm-hmm. said something that uh, whether she realizes it or not, was not only so profound, but formative to the life and ministry of 12th Man Ministries. And she said that if you physically show up for a teenager, mm. you're affirming who they are. Yeah, yeah. And so what 12th Man Ministries is, is we're a ministry of presence. Yes. And it's the same yes. thing about uh, parenting. If you yep. physically you show up for your kids, 
uh, whether it's at a practice or at a game or at a play or at a science fair or when they're doing their homework or even just sitting down and eating dinner together. I know we talk, we've talked about that before about how it's so crucial. Just sit down and have family yep. meals. Yep. But showing up for your kids is how you affirm who they are. Yeah, and I, and I love that. It's almost like a role description for parenting is – I look at my kids, and they're always saying, Dad, 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 look at me, look at this, watch this, look at this coloring sheet that I did. They want to be noticed. They want to be known for what they've done, who they are. And at the end of the day, everybody wants to be loved. So there are parallels across the board, not just for your ministry, but for our homes, which Mm -hmm. parenting is a form of ministry as well. No doubt. Blessing from God to extend His love, His kindness to those in our homes. Well, how have you seen people and families' lives impacted by 12th Man? Uh, so 12th Man is you know, just under uh, 12 months old, mm-hmm. so we're celebrating our one-year anniversary, which is, has been amazing. In our first year, we've been able to do individual discipleship with over 300 student-athletes, awesome. which is amazing for yeah. something that didn't exist uh, 12 months ago. But on top of that, or in addition to that, you know, really we've had the opportunity to speak about identity to over 1,000 young men mm. in the Charlotte metro area, whether it be through... Our discipleship programs within 12th Man or opportunities to go and speak that I've had yeah. um, to go and communicate this truth. And so it's been amazing. Um, there's so many different stories where we've seen specific life transformation. But as I was thinking about it today, I actually think uh, the place that I'm uh, most invested in and the place where I've seen God transform the most is in my home. Mm. And so uh, 12th Man's it's it's great. It's a big deal. It matters a lot to me but it matters less to me than me being a dad. Yeah. And so where I've seen 12th Man have been successful is in my kids watching me take a step of faith, um, my kids wrestling alongside of me with what it means to have a performance-based identity yeah. and what God sees when he looks at us. And so it all came to a head about a week ago for me. Um, my 11-year-old son, Jack, I was tucking him into bed at night, and he always asks me how my day is, and he always wants me to tell him a story that was funny from when I was a kid, <laughs> and whatever else I can do to stall and prolong him actually having to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, but uh, in his middle school mind, he said something, and it was so amazing I had to write it down, but he said, Dad, I, I think I figured something out. And this was the quote. I'll, I'll tell it to you very specifically. He mm-hmm. said, when you were born, you didn't immediately swing a bat or make a tackle. Before anything, you develop personality. Sport is a learned skill, not a personality trait. It's not who you were born to be. It's what you learn to do. And that's why who you are is more than what you do. Yes. And he said it, and just immediately, like, tears just came to my eyes. I'm like, you got it. Like, and you're like, I'm going to hand this ministry over to you now, Jack. Yeah, it's, oh, my goodness. I'm like, this is yours. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny, though, because Amber and I, with the years that we've led worship at Forest Hill, the opportunities I've had to speak over the last year, uh, the influence that we have – We've always said that our biggest contribution to the kingdom is our home, is our kids. Mm, that's it's, a, it's our marriage. Yes. It's our, our parenting. It's the way that we're going to raise these kids that God trusted us mm-hmm. with. And so for me, I, I spend all this time looking through, you know, trying to do things well with the website and, and promote well with social media and yeah. communicate well and disciple these teenagers and have opportunities to go and serve as chaplain for professional teams and stuff. But when I saw that my son got this— mm-hmm. And he said in his own words that quote that was so profound to me. That was the moment where I'm like, this ministry is making an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's strong, man. And it, it's continual, too. Like, 
all of parenting and all of discipleship, it's not a one-time moment. Mm -hmm. There might be a moment of conversion when someone realizes, oh, Jesus is the best way. I want to follow him, give my life to him because he gave his life for me. But discipleship and parenting is ongoing. Oh, we just got that text in. <laughs> but it's it's ongoing, it's continual, and all four of your kids will need those continual reminders. But this is a huge landmark moment for Jack that he's had a realization for himself that's been personal in that way. So I know we've kind of dropped a bunch of different nuggets in here for parents, but I would love for you to uh, give some advice and some coaching, uh, be what it may, uh, for instilling the values of a healthy identity in the lives of their children, whether it's from your own experience, but I do want to start, and maybe I'm still in your thunder here, is with the life of Jesus. And you kind of alluded to this just a little bit, but before Jesus even went into ministry, right, at his baptism, he comes out of the water and his heavenly father says, this is my son who I love. Mm -hmm. In him, I am well pleased. Jesus hasn't done anything. He's only turned 30. And God says, I'm proud of you. And so that for me is like a, a parenting principle is that it's not what my children do, it's who they are. And then later on at the transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, I think that's right, you hear the voice of God again. And he says, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. And so in that way, he's affirming the value of his son to others. And so just kind of like what you did about Jack is you're not bragging about your son, you're saying, hey, God is influencing the life of my son. Mm -hmm. And so you're bragging on God in the life of our children. There, you're just a channel. So anyways, sorry to steal your thunder there, but I was just getting excited about this that's, whole thing. No, so. you're, you're spot on, and that's exactly where we kind of find our model for training our mentors, but specifically um, with, with us as parents, too. There, there are two things that our mentors are trained to say to student-athletes that they're caring for, but also two things that we can say as parents that are irrefutable, statements. Mm -hmm. uh, the first is, I believe in you, mm. or I'm proud of you. Yep. Uh, the second is, I enjoyed watching you That's blank. Yep. Uh, I yes. find joy in that. Yes. And we find both of those things from Scripture. Uh, just the thought for just a second to recognize that God delights in us. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he really enjoys, yeah. like right now, he's digging watching you and I do this podcast. Uh -huh. yeah. Like, he's probably on the Instagram Live. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm, I'm with this. Yeah, check the followers. Yeah, yeah check the followers. Is he there? He's there. That's amazing. But but he he's proud of us. He delights in us. Yep. Um, and the the other is I believe in you. It, you know, it's it's an interesting thought to think that our heavenly Father would say that to us. We we have a worldview where we say I believe in God. Mm -hmm. All of the decisions that we make filter through that belief. I believe in God. But it's a total different understanding to recognize that that God. Our Heavenly Father believes in us and believes in us enough to send His Son Jesus mm -hmm. to sacrifice His life for us, to give us time on this earth, to give us abilities to communicate, abilities to, to, uh, that can be utilized for the kingdom. Um, so those two statements are, I'm proud of you, or are, 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 I believe in you, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed watching you play. Yeah. Um, and those are two things that I say to my kid every time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the same, back to sports, you know, when I get to see my kid play, you know, Jack will have a great game or a bad game. He'll strike out 10 kids or he'll strike out 10 times. Yeah. Um, you know, he's looking to me for that affirmation. Yep. And for me to choose to not go the performance-based route 
and still give him that affirmation is so crucial where I can say, man, I loved watching you play today. Yeah. And I'm just so proud of you, and I believe in you. Um, when you say to an athlete, hey, you got this, that sounds nice, mm-hmm. but they in their own mind can refute that statement. They can say, man, my body's breaking down right now, or I'm scared, or I don't know what's coming, and they can say, I, I don't got this. Yeah. But when you say to them, I believe in you, they can't refute that statement. That's your standpoint. I believe in you. Yeah. And it's so empowering for somebody to recognize as a, you know, as a parent to be able to say that to a kid, hey, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they walk out the door and they have a test that they've been working really hard yeah. to study for, yeah. um, hey, you got this. You know, that could be refuted, but hey, I believe in you. And that's that those ideas, that advice is universal. It's mm-hmm. for Christian, non Christian. Absolutely. You know? And you, you minister to a lot of teenagers, some Christian, a whole lot non Christian, and those two truths are godly, right? That God, God is proud of us and that God delights in us in that way. And so that has a way of testifying. To the existence of God, uh, the existence of God, the mm. goodness of God, in ways that um, you know, straight up confrontational evangelism just doesn't do. But it's a starting place there, and so it can happen in our communities and in our homes as well. Well, that's tremendous advice for parents, but give some advice and encouragement directly to parents about their worth and identity. You know, I think the same thing uh, can be said. Uh, you know, we we mentioned it earlier too. You know, whether you're an athlete or you uh, work in, a, in an office building or you're a stay-at-home parent, um, your worth is more than uh, your performance in those roles, that God sees you and has equipped you for the roles that, you, uh, that you've been assigned to, but that he's proud of you. And so I think that's the one thing that I just want. Um, I wish somebody would have said to me early on as a parent mm. is that God believes in you yeah. to the point where he gave you these kids. Uh, these precious gifts uh, yep. that he wants to utilize for the the communication of the gospel and the expansion of the kingdom, he's entrusted these kids with you. Um, so that is a testament to his belief in mm-hmm. you. But the other part is just that God God's proud of you. Yeah. And I think that's powerful as a parent to recognize that, because there are moments where we doubt ourselves. Um, but to have that anchor to say that, man, my Heavenly Father that knows me, that notices me, and that loves me, he's actually proud of me. Yeah. And I would say spouses can do that for one another every day. But when you think of single parents Mm -hmm. in a situation like that, the church has got to be that voice, you know? So whether it's friends or in a life group or whatever it may be, it's, hey, the the continual reminders that every individual needs it as parents is that I believe in you, God believes in you as a parent, and that he's very proud of you and enjoys watching you parent. So... um, that's it's basic, it's simple, but uh, it's life-changing when you take mm-hmm. it to heart there. Absolutely. Well, let's let's shift gears just a little bit. Uh, you're a part of an exciting event that Forest Hill is hosting in a couple weeks. It's called Man Up. So tell us about it and why you're excited to be a part of it. Yeah, so um, Man Up is an amazing conference. It's a men's conference. It's a conference for men of influence in this community. It was started in Pittsburgh uh, by a guy named Ed Glover. Um, Ed found out that he needed to be able to reach and transform a community that he cared for. Yeah. And the best way to do that uh, was through men of influence. Um, he really, you know, his 
divine disturbance was when his heart was broken for fatherlessness, mm. um, specifically in that community. And so Ed got connected um, with um, a lot of different people, specifically within the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and Coach Mike Tomlin got on board to start this conference. And they've done it several years in Pittsburgh, and we're excited because this year it actually is coming to Charlotte. This is the first time it's been anywhere outside of Pittsburgh. Um, so it's coming to Charlotte. Uh, Coach um, – Coach for the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, had a conversation with a coach for the Carolina Panthers, um, Ron Rivera, and said, hey, we need to do this in this community too. And uh, said, all right, well, let's do it. So in just a few weeks, um, we have some keynote speakers, just amazing people. Miles McPherson speaking. Uh, Thomas Davis from the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers is speaking. Um, we have uh, other you know, current and former players from our home team here in Carolina that are going to be there to talk about what it means to be a man of influence yeah. and character. Uh, what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a father. Um, but the cool thing is, is this is for, uh, you know, for teenagers and adults alike. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I'm bringing a ton of my student athletes to this because I want them to have exposure to these men who can communicate what does it mean to actually be um, a godly man yeah. within the confines of, of society, outside yeah. the four walls of the church. What does it mean to flesh out being a godly man? Yeah. That's awesome. So how can dads and their sons get involved? Yeah, so I, th- I think right now the biggest thing that they can do is, is have a conversation um, about coming mm-hmm. and registering. Um, I, as a dad, you know, I mentioned that I'm bringing student athletes, but the biggest thing for me, I'm bringing my son. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to sit there and, and worship alongside of my son. I want to hear this content. And so I think uh, spending the time to have a conversation about, hey, there's a men's conference. Uh, why do I think it's important for us to be able to go? Let's you know, block out this date on June 2nd, and let's yeah. make sure that we actually go and do this thing together. And I think uh, registration is um, where? You know, right? Yeah, it is. So the event is Saturday, June 2nd. It's at Forest Hill Church at the South Park campus. It's from 7.30 a.m. to 3.30 in the afternoon. They can register at manupcharlotte.org. So manupcharlotte.org, and you can find out a bunch of more information about that. So it should be great. Are you a part of it? Are you... I am, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm strapping, strapping the guitar back on. Yes. And i uh, going to be leading worship uh, a little <laughs> bit. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. That's great, man. Awesome. Well, it'll be a good event, so check that out if you can. Well, let's, uh, let's wind down here, but let's finish with a final piece of advice for the people listening. You know, I think I'd like to say the same thing uh, that 12th Man teaches and communicates to the professional and student athletes that we serve throughout the course of the year. And so this is for you as parents um, as well. Who you are is more than what you do. Um, God sees you. He, uh, he knows you and he loves you. He's proud of you regardless of what's in your trophy case or what's on your rap sheet. Um, and so just take that um, opportunity to recognize not only that you believe in God, but that he believes in you. Yeah, and to use the, the, the three words that you gave us earlier, God notices you, he knows you, and he still loves you. Come on. Is it? Hey. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> well, how can uh, parents, how can people listening connect with 12th Man? Yeah, so um, uh, two different ways. You can follow us on social media at 12th Man XII. It's 12th Man XII um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Um, you know, we're a nonprofit organization and uh, we are completely donor funded. And so anybody who would want to support us can do yep. so at www.12thmanministries.org. It's 12th manministries.org and we'd love to have your support um but yeah we communicate a lot of a lot of fun stuff via social media not only giveaways and and things like that but also just some really uh great content um that we want to inspire parents and uh and athletes alike yeah man well you're doing great work god believes in you 
And thank you. I, I think he really enjoys watching what you're doing. Mm. So thanks, man. Let me pray and we'll wrap it up. Heavenly Father, we embrace that identity here. And just like we were talking about, it's ongoing, but who we are is more than what we do. As people, as parents, as sons and daughters, as students, as workers, employees, bosses. And thank you that because of the cross, this proves that that grace is enough. Grace takes away the pressure that we put on ourselves when it comes to our performance in whatever category we apply that to. Thank you so much for Clint. Bless 12th Man Ministries. Bless the work that he is doing in the community and continue to instill this vital identity, this healthy identity that you have given to us through Christ, but that you have spoken over us as human beings. And so, God, I pray that our parents would apply this to their children. And that's the day-to-day grind there, is that when they're going through those motions, when things are tense or stressful, God, that they would be the ones to speak life into their son and daughter's identity. So we thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.